Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, we come to the end of our study of Colossians. This has been a rich and rewarding study for me, and I hope it strengthened your walk with Christ. In his closing words, Paul mentions a number of co-workers. These are individuals who work with Paul, or are imprisoned with him, or have traveled to Paul on behalf of other believers to learn of his condition. It is encouraging to know that the Lord used others in Paul's life. Now let's open our Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 4 as we conclude with some final thoughts. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this letter to the church of Colossia. Father, this church has been gone many, many years, but what you did in this church and through this church has continued on until today. We are the recipients, the beneficiaries of all who have gone before us. Just by their existence and the need for a letter to them, we have been enriched by these four chapters in the Bible. Father, I want to thank you for Paul. I want to thank you for those who ministered in his life, but I want to thank you for a man that you use so mightily for your kingdom, for all that he suffered to bring the gospel to Gentiles, people like us. Father, we're so grateful for your love for us and for all the sacrifices that have been made so that we may come to know Christ. Guide us in our closing study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I hope you have your Bibles opened to Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 7 down to the end of the chapter. Beginning in verse 7, As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, they will inform you about the whole situation here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings, and also Barnabas's cousin Mark, about whom you've received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And also Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision, and they have proved to be an encouragement to me. Epaphras, or Epaphras, who is one of your number, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. For I testify for him that he has a deep concern for you and for all those who are in Laodicea and Aeropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, sends you his greetings and also Demas. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and also Nympha, and the church that is in her house. When this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I, Paul, 
Write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my imprisonment. Grace be with you. This passage gives us a feel for life in the early church. These individuals were separated not only by a great distance, but by their inability to communicate with one another. It could take days, weeks, even months to get word about the condition of someone that you loved or cared about. Someone could be dead and already with the Lord long before anyone could even hear of it. It's because of this that Paul says that he wants the church in Colossia to know about all of his affairs, and so he's sending Tychicus and Onesimus to let them know everything that's going on with him. He loves them so much, and he knows of their concern for him, and he wants to ease their concern so that they may be encouraged and understand his circumstances. When we get on down in verse 10, we learn that Paul is not the only one imprisoned. Aristarchus is with him in prison, and maybe Mark is imprisoned as well. I believe Mark and Justice are visiting with Paul, and therefore it's Paul and Aristarchus who are fellow prisoners of Jesus Christ. It's important to understand, many believers, not just Paul, not just Peter or John, many believers suffered persecution, intense persecution, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see so few of them mentioned because God's Word is not a book of history to chronicle all the sacrifices and sufferings for the spread of the gospel. God gives us His Word that we may know Him and so that we may know what He desires for our lives and what we are to believe and put our faith in. And so Aristarchus is a fellow prisoner. He greets the church in Colossia. And Barnabas's cousin Mark is with Paul. Now remember, Barnabas and Paul were missionaries together, and they stopped their missionary traveling together over this very individual, Mark. Paul didn't think Mark was mature enough to continue on, and so Paul takes Silas and goes on his missionary journey, and Barnabas takes Mark and goes on his. The very fact that Mark is here with Paul testifies of not only Barnabas's faith in Mark, but of how God works in Mark's life or how God works in an individual's life after a perceived failure and how reconciliation can come about among believers. Obviously, Paul now believes Mark is beneficial to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and not only has he welcomed him, but he tells the church in Colossia to welcome him as well. But Paul is mentioning several individuals here, Aristarchus, Mark, Justice, who are Jewish co-workers in the gospel. Not many Jewish Christians had come alongside of Paul and helped to reach the Gentile believers, but these individuals had. They are fellow workers of the kingdom of God from the circumcision, from the Jewish people, and they have proved to be an encouragement to Paul. That's what he writes in verse 11. And then when we get down to verse 12, we see that Epaphras who is one of their number. He's a bond slave of Jesus Christ. He's evidently one of those from Colossia. He sends greetings to them as well. And notice what Paul writes about Epaphras. He says Epaphras is a prayer warrior. He's always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers. Paul sees this in Epaphras. He sees and understands the heart of Epaphras, and that when they are praying together, no doubt, Epaphras is always mentioning the church in Colossia that they would stand perfect, mature, 
and fully assured in all the will of God. His desires for the church in Colossia and the churches in Laodicea and Aeropolis to be all that God has called them to be and to know the will of God and to walk in it. What a wonderful testimony. Each one of us needs to be praying for our sister churches. We need to be praying for our brethren in the Lord. And we need to be praying not only for their physical, mental, emotional health and well-being. We need to be praying for their walk, for their spiritual maturity, for their ability to stand firm in the Word of God. Because when it comes to the end of the day, that's what really matters. How we will answer before God for all that He has entrusted us with. And then we're told in verse 14 that Luke, the one who writes the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, Luke the beloved physician, sends his greetings to the Colossian church and also Demas. Obviously, these were with Paul as well. Paul has a little Bible study, a little fellowship group going on here, and that should be an encouragement to all of us to know that Paul was comforted and encouraged, but to also know that while he was in prison, God didn't leave him alone. What a blessing. And then finally, Paul says that he wants the Colossian church to greet the brethren who are in Laodicea, and also Nympha and the church that is in her house. Evidently, Nympha was a godly Christian woman who had opened up her home to have a church in it, and this was in Laodicea. And Paul wants them to be greeted, because Paul's not just writing this letter to the Colossian church, but this letter is to be read among the Laodicean church, and he is writing a letter that we do not have to the Laodicean church that he wants the Colossian people to read as well. And then in his closing statement, he tells the Colossian saints to tell Archippus to take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. We don't know if Archippus was failing in the ministry, not doing all that he should, or was getting off track. But for whatever reason, Paul wants him to know that he is to pay attention to the ministry which the Lord gave to him, and he is to fulfill it. He is to complete it, to do all that he is supposed to do for the Lord. And then Paul closes with these words. He says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Paul did not write all the words of this letter. Paul dictated these words to someone else. That's important. The Holy Spirit works in Paul's heart to put these words in Paul's heart, and then Luke or one of the other individuals with him, maybe Mark, pen this letter for him. But Paul writes this final greeting with his own hand. Paul had bad eyesight. He struggled in the ministry because of his bad eyes. And so sometimes he even says, see what large letters I write. He wants them to know that the letter comes from him. And so in verse 18, he says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, and then he tells them, remember my imprisonment. Obviously, remember to pray for me, but also to remember that sometimes we're called to suffer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says, grace be with you. May God's enabling power, may God's gracious strength be with you. He's not asking the Colossian saints to do everything that he has told them to do in their own power, in their own wisdom, with their own knowledge. He calls upon them to depend upon God's grace to be with them. What a marvelous close to this letter. I pray that we will take these words and realize that as believers in the body of Christ, we are these types of individuals. 
We are people who bring comfort to others, who support the ministry, who receive or are the beneficiaries of someone else's ministry. We provide love and encouragement and help. We have small jobs like taking a letter here or taking a letter there that God has entrusted us with, and God pays attention to all of it. What a marvelous testimony and blessing as we close this letter. Father in heaven, help us. Help us to understand that the church is a living, breathing organism. It is the body of Christ, with Christ as our head, and we are all necessary. We are all connected to the body. I pray that you be with those who are ailing, who are suffering, particularly for the gospel of Christ. But I pray that you would help each one of us to pay attention to the ministries that you have given to us, to do all that you have called us to do, and to trust in your grace as we seek to obey you. Thank you again for these individuals who are mentioned, and for the Apostle Paul, and for this great letter. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.